The following content has been provided by New St. Andrews College in Moscow, Idaho. For more information, visit us online at nsa.edu. What have you? I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And we're back. But don't be misled, Rachel's texting. Well, I might be. I actually, I actually she's was. Like, she's like beep beeping away over there going, go ahead, push start. It's fine. It's fine. I, I, I just totally doubt her mid-texting abilities. texting conversation. I'm no. turning off my ringer. How about you? I'll do it. Turn it off. Fine. Turn it off. Now we'll, fo- now we'll focus. Now we're. I'm wondering at what point in the making of the mac and cheese that's happening in the house. They're making homemade mac and Are cheese. Are they? I'm wondering at what point someone's going to start desperately waving at me out the window yeah, with today like. today we're. Information we don't have in about what we're doing. Rachel's house, but we're kind of lurking behind the laurel bush, so we might be a little bit somewhat out of Look, sight. Someone's in the window. No, they're looking. They're looking. <laughs> uh, they're making mac and cheese. I should be home making something because we have to go uh, to the last home volleyball games tonight, which so means mm-hmm. dinner should be eaten in the stands. But we'll see if I have time to pull it off. I was gonna whip something up, uh. but. Maybe not now. Maybe we'll just tube it and eat a hot dog when we get there. But I don't think so. We'll, we'll see. That is one way to tube it. So, <laughs> <laughs> hot dogs, actually. This is a funny thing I can tell you about hot dogs. Hot dogs. Please enlighten us with funny tidbits about yeah, hot dogs. It is. It's actually connected to a deeper podcasty like subject. Okay. Can what? you believe it? Tell me. Well, so my husband is from Chicago area and he now Becca's texting <laughs> as soon as I start talking no, she whips no. out her phone and starts doing something else <laughs> nothing makes you feel quite as lonely as no. podcasting all by yourself <laughs> here's the thing suddenly speaking of hot dogs I was like wait am I running the concession booth tonight <laughs> because I might be the one making the hot dogs I'm not sure I'm just checking, guys. If so, you're probably late already. Luckily for all of us, I am not running the concession Okay, so this is the thing about hot dogs. Back when I had this moment where I was first being interested in food and making food and presenting food and catering food and and reading Martha Stewart. Oh, High school, college, marriage, what is it? College, college, high school. Okay. Late high school. Yeah. Er, And college. Yeah. So, um... I was just getting into catering and food presentation and, like, reading the Martha Stewart's before there was really the internet, so you felt like you found out these things really differently. Like, And we felt like we must save the article. Yeah, I remember cutting out articles that had nothing to do with my life now, thinking, but what if at some point in the future Mm -hmm. I have a marble countertop and don't know how to clean it? One time, what, what then? One time, I was inspired to copy down like a champagne punch recipe when I was probably like thirteen. You know, because you're it's like, like this knowledge will be lost forever if I don't somehow <laughs> treasure it. Now we're like too much information. Like the yeah, information yeah. never stops. So yeah. you just are like, shut up with the punch recipes. I don't need it. If I need yeah, it, I'll if go I need look it, I, I will be able to uh, access it. Yeah, but this was before then. So. When the Martha Stewarts came, you had to hang tight onto what you might want from the Martha yeah, Stewart. So you might need to have a binder with this was clear a, I did. Sleeves. That's exactly what I That's had. What I and had in too. my binder, I had the kinds of recipes that I would have were recipes like 
uh, individual lemon souffles that were mm-hmm. baked inside of, of the Meyer lemon rind. Of course they were. Yeah, and they were lovely. I mean, like, could you think of anything more beautiful? Because of course, of course, these Meyer lemons would have had a leaf attached because that's they, how fresh yeah. this stuff is. Because you pulled it right off and, the tree. And when you live in northern Idaho, of course, you have access to lemons with the leaves on them still mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, so it's Unless super you don't relevant. Know the geography. Let me. Just we don't in. have that. There's no lemon. No. So the point is, is that this was irrelevant to my life and very fussy. And I, and I was in a phase where the things I made, it was great. I was learning a ton. I was making all kinds of stuff, but I was developing my own style, right? So I had developed and, and this phase of my life, I would not have let my name or reputation be sullied with a hot dog. Oh yeah. No. Like a hot dog was like an unmentionable Thing I would not participate uh-huh. in. Like, uh-huh. you might as well start talking about Chili Mac or Pump Cheese, right? <laughs> like, these these were things that were not on my aesthetic, no. No. not accepted by me. No. So, I don't mean by that that I would have gone and been rude to people about it. I no. just I just had my own standards. You wouldn't have thrown a dinner party involving a hot dog. Never. But then what happened is I had time to really shape my own persona in some ways before I met my husband, right? So I was pursuing this life of things that are very domestic and, you know, like I was working on cooking and all. I, I love that. Yeah. And my husband loves that. He, and it's kind he, of like, let's keep the standards high. Let's, let's, let's all be elegant. Let's, let's, let's try and have some class. Keep it, right? Well, then, of course, my husband, who's fabulous, grew up in the West Chicago and managed a Chicago foods restaurant for a time. So he, the Chicago, in case you don't know, the Chicago hot dog is a thing. That's a thing. So he not only embraces the hot dog of life, Mm -hmm. but he embraces it with absolutely no irony. No, not at all. He's like, he has this, he's just like, this is absolutely the righteous path. But this I was need, his but approach. Here's the thing. I need to interject that I despise all hot dogs. Like, despise them. Except for when Luke made us those Chicago Oh, yeah, hot they're dogs. delicious. They are ridiculously good. They're delicious, good. but I it had to come around only, to being willing to eat yeah, a hot but dog. There is, it is like the only hot dog that I could actually really Be pleased enjoy. to eat. Yes. It's good It stuff. is a delicious hot dog. But this is the thing is it was a hot dog. Mm-hmm. And that was enough yeah. to to put me off my game that this is a hot dog. <laughs> so the Lord custom made a husband for me who not only could eat a hot dog upon occasions, but but had a lot of enthusiasm for the hot dog life. Like, <laughs> And not just like, it's funny because it's not just hot dogs and we actually don't even eat those very often. So I'm not like every once in a blue moon, we actually bother to go get the Vienna beef the you Vienna beef ranks for all the people who are not from Chicago to just say. Okay, well, what it is. if you it's are from good. Chicago, you have to hear my rendition of it, which you never know. I might mess something up. If you are from Chicago, just it's tune a Vienna out. beef, an all beef hot dog, which is specifically not just made with all beef. It's made with all bowl. It's made with with really yeah, and it's only like two cuts. It's not one of these things that is. It's not pink and puffy. It's not no. that kind of hot dog. No. It it. Pulls, I think it's like brisket and one other cut only of the bowls. Like that's how much they okay. care about the flavor profile of this thing. Okay. And the mysterious secret spices or whatever 
that's okay. in it. Yeah. And then the the word. I'm just gonna say basically this is the Meyer lemon souffle of hot dogs. Yeah, of, of the actually, hot dog world. Of yeah. The hot dog genre. But then that's it goes. Totally it. Then it that's specifically a Mary Rosen bun that has poppy seeds on it. So mm-hmm. it's a poppy seed bun and an all beef hot dog. Then the toppings allegedly this came to Chicago when the World's Fair was there. So it was late 1800s, right? So yeah. when that happened, so the the thing is, is that like every different people group of Chicago added a topping. Like hot dogs were a new thing, you know. Sure. So and it was it was um, so, but the toppings of a Chicago hot dog, there's no ketchup involved. None of the people groups of Chicago brought ketchup to this game. <laughs> it is mustard and relish, but the relish is like electric green, like eerie, creepy green. Yeah. Um, mustard and relish and then there's there's onions tomato wedges there's a pickle spear sport peppers and celery salt yeah and it's and cucumbers i left out cucumbers cucumbers. and it's stupidly good it is delicious it's also called if you get it with everything on it it's also called a walk through the garden because it's (laughs) mostly like the hot dog is at the bottom of this delicious pile of it is amazing it's good and i am a person that really can't cope with becca god did not give becca the husband that makes her embrace hot dogs well well he does in his own way we did have to eat hamburger helper once just on the principle of the thing. On the principle of the thing, yeah. yeah. Well, this is, this is the, my point was simply that, that it was good for me to mm-hmm. have to think in terms of, and I haven't done this in a long time, but we've done events with these hot dogs. Like oh, I've, yeah. I've moved into embracing it such that we would make mm-hmm. Chicago hot dogs and, and but do this. I have to say, I am onto something when I say it is the Meyer lemon souffle of hot dogs because you actually wouldn't. Maybe, but Luke is not above. Uh, like he enjoys the but Chicago hot dog. But you wouldn't do an event where you just handed somebody a little old hot dog, a puffy pink one. Yeah, you wouldn't. No, because God hasn't asked that much of me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when I have to work in the concession stand, which yeah. I have had to do. But and that's not say, me. Though, that's not me throwing no, an event. And I and I really embrace that sort of a hot dog when you're sitting in the stands watching volleyball. It's awesome. It's I great. think it made me come. It is. It it's came totally up in great. the questions of your of your talk at the at the. Um, I thought of this when we were in Texas because in the questions of your talk about about ways that you glorify things that your husband yeah bring, like and that was it. One thing that came to my yeah. mind. Is although the Chicago hot dog is pretty glorious by itself, I still have had to throw myself behind. Yeah. How can I make this a fun party? And I remember doing it sometime with like the big bulb lights, but with red lights. Oh yeah. And you know what I mean? Like it's like a really yeah. fun dip. Like we're gonna do this. But that was something that was. And my husband, my husband has this commitment to like like the random crackers. He has a commitment, though, to just, like, trying out all That's the That's what it is. He's like, he's somebody like, put a lot of effort into but this. He's, he's not a person who will only eat hot dogs and will never eat anything nicer than a hot dog. No. It's like, he's not that no. at all. He's a very he's all adventurous over food Yes, but he's all, he also just loves to, he likes to experience what people have been up to. So, if there's, like, a regional <laughs> cuisine that sounds hideous, he will nonetheless figure it yeah. out if it was... Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, like we just went to that. We just went to that Mexican place that had all of the oh, pork yeah. cheek and and that the was great tongue that was so, tacos well, I didn't and things. Eat that part, but I, the tacos were amazing. No, but I knew that I would it would be having a different experience if I was there with my husband. Mm-hmm. He would have been like, "All right, now, 
And see, now there's all of these regional things that, like, you hear about it and you just think, good heavens. Yeah. What is going on with that? Like, isn't there some kind of Midwestern... Okay, all you people who are from the Midwest, maybe I'm going to butcher this. Answer her this. Isn't there kind of a Midwestern something or other that's like a cookie salad or something? Like, it's some kind of a cool... What? Yeah. People, you're going to have to... You're going to have to enlighten me. It's like, it's a salad, but it involves, like, Cool Whip and hunks of cookie or something. Oh! I that don't, is okay. not... I, I'm pretty iceberg? sure... No, no. It's the, the salad. As far as I can make out, there's no salad involved in it. It's like... Well, I'm relieved because <laughs> I'm picturing on a bed of greens. <laughs> cool whipping cookies. All right, Midwesterners. Answer you're us You're going to have to tell me about it because that's one that I've not been able to quite I guess get my the head thing around. that I was thinking is like, sometimes your husband comes into the marriage with something that he really embraces like where he's like what I love is that I grew up with an all blue Christmas tree (laughs) Luke Luke did not grow up with an all blue Christmas tree this has not been my cross to bear but I've known that that kind of thing where your husband's like this is what I love and you'd be like are you kidding me like Mm -hmm. really and those Mm -hmm. are the things that I think wives it can have such a big impact on your life for the good of everyone if Mm -hmm. you just get on board like, do not... Are you having a good time texting? No. I'm just telling you that it's it involves, Rachel, oh. mandarin oranges, whipped cream, vanilla pudding, cookies crumbled up. Which cookies? Fudge-striped shortbread cookies crunched up and buttermilk. But I don't know what you're going to do with the buttermilk. But well, anyway... Okay, I'm just saying I didn't Becca couldn't that. wait. She was I so know, excited like, she couldn't wait for our well, so for If our I needed to, to issue a correction, I needed to yeah, do it now. Because what it. if I dreamed that? Yeah, you know? that would be weird. So anyways, <laughs> the point is there's a lot of turf in the it under the category of respecting your husband that should not be controversial. Yeah. There is some things that I that is understandably difficult. Like there are times that that is a complicated question of like how do I respect him and submit to him and some of these things. Yeah. But there is a huge swath of of life yeah. that is like do you not care about football but your husband really loves it. Yeah. And, and it's get like behind well it. then be that person that plans the snacks and yeah. and whoops Become the kids up the about coolest. this is our team. Yeah. Like this is like this is your you daddy's be the favorite person team. That throws the best tailgate parties you of be all this, of them. You just go ahead and step it up and well or rather than that, you just be the person that does the thing that would most bless your husband. Yeah, like exactly. what would be that? And how can I get on board with this? And what can I do? And there's there's huge amounts of territory where you could be really blessing your husband and your children and your whole family that is not in any way complicated and trying to it's it's not trying to lead them along and turn them into something that they're not right it's not like it's not like oh I don't want to submit to him about you know whatever I don't know there's things that really do involve more questions and more issues Mm -hmm. but there's just so much territory where you could be putting checks in the bank yeah. That you, you know, it's like you can be doing that. Like, don't start with the hard cases. Start yeah. with all of the real basic level. If he wants an all blue Christmas tree, or get behind the all blue Christmas tree. He really doesn't love it when you're all glammed up. You know, maybe he likes it more when you have your hair in a ponytail. Well, that's oh, an easy fix. But that's a point of tension for a number of people. It's yeah. It's like... Mm-hmm. No, I like it better when I'm wearing glittery heels and 
my husband he might have said, like it that why much. don't you buy yourself a pair of Birkenstocks? Oh. Like, how dare you suggest that? Yeah. But like, that, this can cause tension, you know? Yeah, and those are the things that I just think, just just do it. Just figure out a way to actually do it well. And just see how God blesses that. Yeah. Like, just see how God, you know, gives back to you through those obedience <laughs> points. Because he will, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not, it's not. It's not going to go nowhere. Mm-hmm. What was the thing that we said somebody asked us about that we need to talk about? Was it Raising Boys? Oh, right. <gasps> raising, raising Boys. Raising Boys. But I feel like we've talked about that some, and I'm not sure. Didn't I talk about having to alpha dog, like, say? Yeah, but that's raising a toddler. And you have to alpha dog them even if they're a girl. So That's the truth. Basically, you just alpha dog the toddlers. <laughs> but I do think one one thing that is important is, like, on the subject of, like, honoring and respecting your husband. Um, one thing dad has always taught is you can infer from the fact that God says wives respect your husbands and husbands love your wives. You can infer from that husbands need respect and wives need love. Right. Um, you can also sort of infer that we needed the reminder. Like women, women are, are naturally good at at loving. We're naturally good at criticizing also. We are not (laughs) as good at. Uh, just naturally at respect but clearly that's something that that husbands need but I would just add that it is something that sons need and mm-hmm. so that is the that is the fuel that fills up the tank is respect and so mothers I think contend to want to be Lovey smothery dubby. cuddly mm-hmm. like and of course a son needs love from his mother like of course he does but he really needs respect mm-hmm. and so I would just tell moms to from the time your boys are tiny respect you know give them respect when they're good at something tell them i am so impressed with how good you are at right and 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 it can be little stuff not being the not being the lost all sense of perspective no no like, um, don't tell them that they are... The best in the universe The president, if yeah. they're not. But <laughs> I just mean... <laughs> um, no, but, the, but respect, one of the things that I do with my boys anyways is when I'm praying with them, uh, you know, like when I pray with them, that I thank God for giving me a son who stands tall and who you know like Mm -hmm. where we where I respect them in how I thank God for them Mm -hmm. and and that I respect them in just a little you know some of it is is respect in the future like sometimes I tease him about when I'm the little short lady will you still give me hugs and you know like where we're talking about who you're Mm -hmm. going to be uh-huh. And how, you know, how God is making you that way, how, but when they are little, starting, starting with toddlers, when I have big battles with Moses or my other sons, when we have that kind of thing, when they do obey me, when I'm like, when I say, hey, come here, and they come right away, and make a big deal about it, like, when we've been mm-hmm. working on that. Yeah. And one of the things that I try to do is remember to tell everyone at the dinner table about it. So uh-huh. I will say, like, we have to tell Daddy about what a good job Moses did today when he obeyed Mama the first time. Yeah. Like, right. when I said, don't do that, come here, and he yeah. turned around, it came, and then all the kids will yeah. be impressed with him, and we cheer yeah. him on that way. And those are, like, that goes so far with little yeah. kids because they want to please you. And yeah. sometimes it's so easy to let your kids slip into this place where all you do is negatively... Uh-huh. Um, 
Like, yep. stop doing that. Don't do that. What's or, your problem? Or parents of... are worried about making them proud. Like, they won't praise oh, them. Oh, yeah. Safety first. Don't yeah, praise don't your kid. Yeah, don't make them proud. It's like, oh, just turn them into, like, insecure little sad creatures. Yeah. It's like, no, like, praise them when they do a good job. And then, of course, if they start praising themselves, you can remind mm-hmm. them to, to let another praise you. And, and not, not your, your own, own outfit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, like, if... You know, your son is studying hard in second grade and he got a good grade on his spelling test. Just say, You know what I love about you? I love how you are really focused when you know that something is coming tomorrow. You know, like whatever, find something and admire it. Yes, locate it and then do it. And admire it. And then it's just so. Don't allow, like, don't let your children set the tone in your home. Like, don't let just. I think that this happens a lot when you have like, well, like I have two little boys right now. They're not that close together, but they're, don't let their, um, like the wrestling, like there's a really good side of, of that kind of like just fun playfulness of little boys, but don't let that be, don't let them become the, the people that don't stand tall. Like where you're just like, oh, you're just the jokers. You're the oh, roughhousers. Sure. You're the, you know what I mean? Like where you don't make them. I don't know if that really makes sense, but what I'm yeah. talking about is you do want to respect them out of the current phases that they are in. Like sure. you admire what they're doing, but and you, you don't belittle them out of it. No, that's the thing. No, you admire their work. And I told Shad the other day because he he had this like sudden moment where his drawing just totally like yeah, it was like he had a mental breakthrough that he could draw what he wanted to. Like it was yeah. very funny, and it just zoomed out where all of a sudden he hadn't really been drawing things, and then all of a sudden pages upon pages of detailed things yeah like tons is happening here it's a whole story he has the yeah. whole plan and I told him I was like Shad I love how your drawings have changed like I was like this is super cool what you've been doing yeah. here and he said thanks mom I've really been studying <laughs> it's like he's five you know it was like I've really been studying up on that but the thing is is it that was a funny subject but it wasn't untrue he'd been looking at pictures yeah. he'd been looking at books of how to draw yeah. something and then he did it and then I told him good job and he yeah. and he actually had something that it was like I've but been see, working on that the thing is is girls obviously need this too it's not like only the boys need it oh, but I think yeah. girls also need they need love and security and they I I think that it's just a slightly different focus you should be pouring just as much into the girls but it's a slightly different kind of I think especially when you notice I think that yes I think both of these things I mean you do that all the time with both of them but when you notice one of your kids being needy in some way it is different for a son does not so much probably need you to pour on the affection so much as he needs you to pour, pour on some respect. respect. So I can't yep. seem a needy right now. This is probably yeah. what we're showing. And we on. always, in our family, you know, we always refer to it as somebody's low tanked, right? Yeah. Their tank is running low and you got to fuel them up. Uh-huh. And so for a little girl, if you start noticing that they're being, lots of times I think the indicators of a kid being low tanked is they just start getting kind of obnoxious. And I think yeah. this is something that humans in general we basically have this superpower where the thing that we desperately need, mm-hmm. we, we gear our behavior in such a way that is calculated to ensure that we get the opposite. So oh, yeah. it's like when we want love, I we don't know, become if you think, so like obnoxiously needy that nobody think, wants to give us love. Well, you think like 
really from a strategic standpoint. If you were like, how could I get my husband to give me a lot of affection right, right. now? You're like, you know what would be awesome? Why don't I snot cry and accuse him of everything? <laughs> and that will totally That'll inspire it. it. Yep, that will make it be like... It. I love to spend time yeah. with you. I know. Like, but how often is that what women actually yeah. do? Oh, right. all the time. You don't even care about me. You're not even. <laughs> that's like I know. that's like the default mode. But you're right. like, what I need is for my husband to give me love, love, and so what I'm going to do is demand it in the most unlovely ways impossible. ever. Yeah, but and the opposite is true. Of men do the same thing. Like when they really desperately need respect, they can act less respectable than yeah. they would at yeah. other and times. women will get as unlovely as can be. I want to say as an aside that we've talked before about noticing these things in yourself, but but I can't say really too many good things about the practice in marriage of being honest about your own feelings. Yeah. Not in the level that everyone will tell you to, which is go tell your husband I you're just mm-hmm. neglecting me. But on the level, go a level deeper and Sometimes I will tell, look, I will say something. It sounds so hilarious to say this, but it's like, just a heads up that I'm feeling really stupidly emotional oh, yeah. right now. And I think that I just need to talk with you about something. Like, yeah. like instead of doing the drama act yeah. out, yeah. instead of doing that, when you feel it coming on, Speak say, calmly. you know what? I think I'm struggling with this. Could you help me with this? Yep. Instead of... Yep. Instead like of launching warfare yeah, to about just say, something. Like, here's the thing. I think I'm feeling super needy right now, and I think I could really use a bit of a tank right. up. Yeah, like actually, yeah. could mm-hmm. you tell me? Yes, instead of doing the thing that is like, maybe Pick he'll notice. Why don't I slam a door and huff off to my room <laughs> and then sit there waiting to deliver him the news that he's been <laughs> neglecting me. They, it's like, why do you do this? Because all you're doing is adding a whole bunch of things that you'll have to repent of. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like what makes us so much better. I think women do tend to they pick a fight just to see what will happen. They pick a fight because they wanted to see how far he will go for them when they're yeah, being unseemly. Yeah. Because, because the then they get is, mad at people. I mean, it just it's not it's okay. It's not good. But I no. do think that that also humans, the other thing we do is we are capable of getting an exquisite pleasure out of being unhappy. And of, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where there's like some part of you that really wants him to say the unkind thing. Because, you know, I think that's why women pick a fight. Like, like they pick a fight so that they can then be even more victimized than they were a minute ago. I will say nothing is more unsatisfying than picking a dramatic fight with a man who's behaving himself well because <laughs> thank the lord for a husband who does not does not oh, fling yeah. his hat into the ring if i <laughs> it's like i threw down the gauntlet you didn't pick it up ah snap <laughs> now the only thing that's gonna have to happen is me repenting and I know. Coming. But, but the point is though is i think that people when they start acting out or being obnoxious Oftentimes, that is a, is a symptom of a low tank. Yes. And in the same way that if you noticed that one of your kids was sort of flushed and fevery, you would have them lay you down be, and you, you would go what? get them I'm a Tylenol or a Sprite or something. And notice it in yourself. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that I think is so funny about it is that you can... Sometimes women just think, I'm having a problem. And so they they start a fight thinking they'll find the solution once they get going. 
Like, yeah. like it's probably yeah. in there somewhere. Instead I'm just of saying, I'm actually, something is bothering me and I'm not sure what. Would you right. be willing to talk with me yeah. about this? Or, yeah. like, can yeah. I give you a heads up yeah. that I'm feeling a little on the wobbles yeah. of life? But see, I just think, like, with the kids, if you notice the symptoms, pour on the love and the respect. Mm -hmm. Both. I mean, boys and girls need both. But I do think the emphasis is different. And I think sometimes it's very surprising how much just that will fix it. It's sort of... When we talk about respect, I say this, I've probably said it on the podcast. When we talk about respect, that oftentimes women think that they can't be bothered to respect a husband for somebody that's not magnificent, right? <laughs> and so they're like, unless unless he did something truly outstanding, it right. would be really weird of me to say that I respect to him. To respect him, yeah. And, and so when you say things like, no, there is literally no way that you don't have something that you could be respecting about yeah. your husband. When you give the examples people can snort to themselves like like I thank you so much for always just taking the garbage out for me without discussing it that you keep the car that's so kind sorted out and I never have to worry about changing the oil right or like thank you so much for caring for me enough to always be the person who gets up when there's a noise in the night yeah I love that our gutters are clean yeah I'll did you say that because you're looking at our gutters they're not clean bulletin guys bulletin Word to the jinx. I don't see anything in your gutters. Oh, our really. gutters are always full. Anyway, of stuff I'm just trees. saying. The point is, we actually have maple trees growing in ours. So I, I don't. One well, the I point that, that I was trying to say though about this is that we don't have the same problem with petty things when it goes the other way. Uh-uh. If your husband says, "You know what? I love. I love the face you make right before you start laughing about something." What do we think that that indicates? Like, why did you bother telling like, me Like, oh, that? my word. Come back when you have something real to say. Like, would you do that? <laughs> like, no. Like, if he was like, I love seeing you talking yeah. to your mom, how you do whatever. Even if it's like, I love it when you make this for dinner. We would yeah. be like, oh, do you? Do you? That's fun. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. Any other things you can Pile think of that on. you love? Like, it's so intuitive to us when it comes that way. That seems just incredibly attentive and affectionate and kind. Yeah. Uh-huh. But we don't want to bother doing it the other direction. Like, why would I even stoop yeah. to the level of talking about the garbage or something? <laughs> yeah. Like, right. So basically what I'm saying is you can do unto others. Guys. Yeah. Like, do unto others. Go that way. And do in mm-hmm. respect for the little and things. And just give it to your boys. Like, seriously, give it to the boys. And if you notice, I think sometimes when there can be interpersonal problems amongst the children, yeah. that basically... The, are caused by the fact that they desperately need more love or more respect from mom and dad. So it's like when girls get like really competitive with each other or yeah, the boys the are feeling that there's not enough scrappy. to go around. Yeah. Mom like, and dad only they, love one of us. What are the they time. competing yeah. for? You yeah. know? And, and of course there's just basic envy and stuff. I'm not saying that kids are immune to that, but, but if you are keeping everybody in your family tanked up and topped off with that, to the best of your ability. To the best yes. of your ability. It will be a much more chill place. Yeah, it really will. One thing that I think is worth saying, I don't even know the profile of our listeners, but one thing I think is really valuable is we do make our daughters also would need to be respectful of their brothers. Like, with this, Oh, yeah. Just for a life habit. Uh-huh. It's different than the way that I would. It's not like we expect our daughters to treat their brothers like we want them to treat their future husbands or something. No. It's a different relationship. And we don't, we don't, but we want them, them to be like, respectful. Like, 
you don't, don't run down your brother. Him. You don't run him down. You, you don't, don't tell embarrassing stories. And the stories same way, and, the other way, yes. the boys need to love their sisters in a kind, sacrificial kind of a way. Like you, yeah. this is a life pattern for how you should behave. But just at to the insert, same time, we don't say that the girls need to serve the boys. That's another problem that we don't get into. No, we don't do that. One. We don't go. There. We try to. I don't feel like I've dodged that bullet because I don't feel no, like. No, but we there are. Pe- were there going definitely to. are people where it's like. Yes, that's if weird. The, if the boy drops something on the floor, it's no, the girl my that has to word, go pick it no, up. Heavens. No, no, no. Uh, a thousand and times actually, no. And actually, I say we're really strong on strong. When I say strong, I mean we are hardcore on submission and respect and authority mm-hmm. structures. But if you come to one of our family dinners, one of the most noticeable things is probably that that the husbands are all helping the kids serving yeah. the kids food and helping yeah. with things and and I think as the back of church all the time is a lot of dads holding infants yeah. like very the dads actually outnumber the the wives by quite a I mean typically I don't know it's the not standing it's in just the back. it's often yeah. the person standing in the back with the baby is the uh-huh. dad uh-huh. like standing back there yeah. so we do not have a culture where the women no. are are subservient no. in a weird way like no. that's just not what's happening so, but the thing I was going to say that I think is still super valuable is that while we want our daughters to be respectful of their brothers and we want them to be respectful of their dad and, and other, you know, like, because we're close family guy cousins right. and people who are around, we want them to be respectful and we want them to be loving because that's a thing that we would endorse. That's one of the things I'm really thrilled about our kids growing up in a broader community is that it's very good for our daughters to also be around boys that they have no obligation to respect. <laughs> yeah. Beyond Other basic human basic, charity. Yeah, Christian charity. Yes, yeah. beyond that, that being around boys that they do neither respect nor plan to respect. Like, that this <laughs> is not part of it. And it's so good for your boys to not be raised in a weird bubble where the girls who are around them ever all owe them respect. Because oh they need to experience life with people who owe you nothing like that there's no that this is something that is for specific relationships yeah not something that's automatic or or that they deserve it intrinsically right. because of their gender no. because like well because i'm a boy you must speak respectfully no. of me no, that is not worst. like i i that's just not even on the it's one of our peeves not even on the docket of yeah. things that might but happen. i do think back to the kids thing though i just think like if you're if you have a kid like small, um, I'm talking about like little, you know, small children. If you've got one who's just really being difficult in some way, I think this is the first place to look. Yeah. Like, I was going to say one other place to look is, you know how we say our kids reflect us all the time. You know, like they, mm-hmm. they're always mirroring their parents. My husband has this theory. He's like, but you know that feeling when you see yourself and he said the thing is is they're almost always mirroring things that are going on with their parents but there's a good portion of the time that they're mirroring something that even you are not really aware is going on with you he said because it's kind of like that that angle that that is super unflattering that caught you from like that you were not posing you were not posing for this mirror shot this was an accidental sighting of the cellulite on the back of your legs or you accidentally turn on the selfie mode when you did yeah that exactly that (laughs) when you go to take a picture usually of something on the ground and so you're like sucking your double chin in real bad or something and then you see yourself (laughs) a lot of the time we don't recognize it as us because it's not what a part of us that we wanted to see 
you know, mm-hmm. like yep. we're not recognizing this as being, oh, yeah. that's probably well, because I do think sometimes um, you can you can parent a kid well until the moment when the child sin bumps up against your sin. Yeah, and then, you and have then no it's tolerance. like, and that well, well, the question is then I think for parents when they hit that moment, the kid sin has bumped it up against mine. Mm-hmm. Then it's like. Well, which one of us is has to repent going to repent first? And so, lots of times, the parents will will refuse to give up their sin, whether right. it's anger or selfishness or, you know, whatever the little sin is that this kid is poking on that thing. Oh man! And they do. Like, they find those they find spots, it. and it's like, are you willing to give it up for your? Well, obviously, for Christ and for. I mean, God told you to, but will you give it up for your child or will you say, no, this is untouchable. This stays here. And then you, <laughs> I just lost an earring with, like, it just no, sort of gracefully came out. There was like no precedent for that. It just <laughs> came out. Yeah. No, but you're thinking that there's times where your personalities collide. Your personalities collide. And then the question is, um, are you going to cling on to the, the thing that's dear to you? Or are you going to lay it down for your child? And I think that when you pick yourself over your kid in that way, you are setting something in the concrete with your child. Oh my word. And, yes. and so then it's unsurprising. It's not my life for yours. It's your life for mine. Right. And I think that sometimes that's the case when you have like, you know, families where it's like everybody turned out except for that one kid. Uh, and, and it's always what... like, it's like, was that the kid that the parents were not willing to go quite that far, maybe. For, or, or, or sometimes it's just they just were a kid who felt really off from the beginning, and like well, just where like it's hard not to understand with them, yeah. or they don't. But that's what I mean. Like sometimes yeah. your kids are very like you, and you understand them, and then there's one who's just a totally different creature, right? And then, but God is like calling you to stretch yourself. Oh yeah. You bend. You be willing to lay stuff down. And if you won't, that's the thing, is I think that you are setting things into things the foundation of that child. Of their life, yeah. That is going to be damaging. But look, we're a ways in. We should talk about a tip. Oh, we're going to do Christmas tips, right? Christmas food. Do Christmas food. Christmas food. Well, we got to get like, psyched up. Yeah, we got to get somebody, psyched up. Somebody, did I talk it's about true. Danishes last time? Because you somebody asked talk me for about a Danish recipe. You which... talk, well, you, you said you do it on Christmas morning. So, yeah. Talk for a moment about Danishes. Well, about a Christmas. Food oh, of I'll your tell choice. you. I'll tell you about the Bush de Noel. Yeah, talk about the Bush. The Bush. So way back, <laughs> I think we maybe talked about the. Bush. We might have talked about my original Bush de Noel, mm. the first one from high school that I was so ashamed yeah. of, straight out of the Julia Child, and it probably was cool. I was taking a cooking class it with was this cool. woman. And she was like, this is a great dessert to do because we cover all of these different things. We, um, because it was like the sponge, the sponge cake, the roll up cake, you know, plus like a chocolate mousse for the inside, plus like a frosting for the thing, plus meringue mushrooms, plus sponge sugar for caramel moss. Mm -hmm. It was all of it. It was all of it. But I was so ashamed of it. I, I did not catch the, I did not catch the vision of the Bush Dunwell. And I was probably a little... I thought it was rad. I remember at the time. Well, I I remember it as how we had to put it on a foil-lined cookie sheet. Well, this was probably deep in your phase where foil was also off-limits to you. I, but no, I was I was like younger than that. I was not... Oh. I It was early on my cooking okay. scene. 
And anyways, I, I remember just feeling sheepish of the whole thing, that it was the boost and well, but it was nonetheless a cool thing that I learned how to do. Well, years go by without me revisiting the boosh concept that, that I thought that kind of got associated in my mind with something I wasn't aiming for. And then, um, we had, we've had years where Christmas dessert was just not settled. Like we have like a Christmas mm -hmm. where we're like trying to decide Christmas dinner menu. Yeah. And we've gone through a lot of, there was a trifle, a phase where we went for trifles. There was like that delicious gingerbread with the drambuie and that was oh, good. Yeah. That was good. We should do that again sometime. I don't but remember that one we, there were a number of different things that we would try. Or like, what if we really decorated Christmas cookies or something? But the problem with Christmas dessert, this is my problem, maybe nobody else has this problem, is that by the time we get to it, we are so totally treated out of our brains because... We start yeah. with danishes. I mean, and that's not even... Even if you skip the whole Christmas season and Christmas Eve, yeah. we're still starting with danishes. Then we have a big brunch. Then we have... I mean, you're still having yeah. a real celebratory day. Right. So by the time you get through dinner and you're hitting dessert, you're kind of over it. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're not really being like, I can't even wait for dessert. There's yeah. not a time when you're anticipating it like that. And so I realized that this has been our problem. When you have like beautiful sugar cookies, nobody's really dying to eat them. But I revisited last year the Bouche de Noel. Yeah, it was and amazing. I made a new one that was a flourless chocolate Bouche de Noel with a chocolate whipped cream. It was actually filling, so it was actually very light. It yeah. was very not like a really heavy dessert. But it looks awesome because it looks like a big Yule log. That's what it is. It looks mm -hmm. like a big log with like a branch and I made all these meringue mushrooms all around it. But the thing that thrilled me is it was like I finally got the thing that will be Christmas dessert because yeah. because it's all about the showmanship. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to do. It's achievable. But the showmanship brings a level of like this is a high feast. Like there's no other time that we would be making a Bouche de Noël for dessert. <laughs> right. Like right. no other time. And, and so mm -hmm. it is a really fun, like that's the thing that we do now. Like, but it took years and years of... Yeah. Chipping through all kinds of different things to oh, yeah. settle in on what made sense for us. Yeah. So uh, now you tell cool. us about some kind of Christmas for you. Oh, you know, we've got a number of different things, but Christmas breakfast, we always go over to mom's house mid morning for a big, you know, cousin Christmas party. Uh, but we always get up and do our own Merkel Christmas thing, you know, where we get up early and do it. And so. That one, I always trot out that coffee cake. Yeah. From our raspberry youth. coffee cake. Raspberry size. coffee cake, and it's a dough that you kind of like. It's, it's a kind of moist. It's not like a bready dough. It's more like a biscuity dough, and it's a little bit wet. And you pat it out, and then you put jam down the middle. It has like cream cheese in it, right? It's like butter and cream. Butter cheese and cream and cheese and flour and buttermilk, I think. And then you, you just cut slices down the side and you fold them over in this like funny a little braid, like a, kind of. Yeah, it's like a Danish. It's like a quick bread kind of a Danish, I guess. Yeah. But, um, well, I mean, the shape is supposed to look like a Danish. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, I always pull that one out. And so that one's kind of like funny and nostalgic, even though we'd never eat it no, any but you other found, time of year. Ever. But you, didn't you find that, um, because when mom got into that, we lived on Harrison. Yeah. Didn't we? 
when she got that recipe, or maybe, maybe. she just was still making it then. But she had that little pitcher, like a little cut glass pitcher yep. that she always makes the frosting in. Yep. And you and found one, it. didn't you yep. find one at Goodwill or something that was the same? I have the original one, and then I found a different one. But yeah, but I love that <clears> because <throat> that was so associated with powdered sugar frosting yeah, on raspberry cake, like raspberry glorious cake. moments of coffee cake. Yeah. This is also so, why my sugar jar is one of those pickle jars. Oh, yeah. Because growing up, mom always had a... Yeah. I know. Well, no, it's not right now, but I have the pickle yeah. jar. Well, yeah. So, anyway, that we do that on Christmas morning, and I've had a whole series of things, phases I've gone through. Probably my favorite, though, was when we lived in England, and I decided that because we lived in England, I was going to cook a goose for Christmas, for Christmas dinner, and I did that thing, and that was intense. Um, <clears throat> and I've never revisited the goose. It was it was a real whirlwind of a thing to do. But then, <coughs> but one thing that I did love about it was learning to do the potatoes in the goose grease, and That'd that be good. was insanely good. It was really good. It would be worth cooking a goose just to get back. Because in England, you can go and buy tins of goose grease, which is an insane thing when you think about it. Here, Gotta be eating enough here geese. Here, you cannot. You cannot but buy is it that. odd? Because do they sell lots of of interesting birds? Like, can you, can you just buy pheasants Well, you just buy little something? cans of, like, it's prepackaged cans of goose grease. Right, I know, but I meant, I in meant. In order to make the potatoes. You know, like, it's kind of, there would be, like, pyramids of them at the grocery store. Interesting. Goose nice. grease cans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, bacon grease, I'll be real. Bacon grease does admirably for that purpose. Yeah. But well, yeah, if you cook anyway. potatoes in bacon grease, you're on the right oh, path. Oh, it's good. It's just so much better. It actually does. I don't do it, but I probably um, should. Mm, that reminds like, me. One of my quickest <clears throat> fall dinners that is a fallback yeah. autumn dinner is the roasting a big sheet pan full of cube potatoes like just dice up potatoes yeah and i'll throw in peppers sometimes if i have them or an yeah. onion and i toss it all with olive oil and salt and pepper and just roast a huge sheet pan of them and then when i think they're about 10 minutes well 10 or less minutes out from being done i'll lengthwise split a bunch of like chorizo sausages uh -huh. yeah. and lay them open all over the top of it and i flip them once so they get like and then i uh -huh. usually saute like a purple cabbage Oh, on the stove. Yeah. Oh, that's so. If I amazing. do purple cabbage, I splash some apple cider vinegar in it and a little bit of brown sugar and then salt and pepper. Dang. And saute it in butter because the butter makes it tender. And anyways, it's a beautiful plate of like the fastest, fastest fall dinner known to man. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, it's and all you, very doable. Do you use Basque chorizo? Yeah, I buy that wow. Idaho Basque chorizo. That, that falls, so you know, good. the stuff at Winko, the falls brand. Oh, chorizo. I buy it all the time. I love yeah, that stuff. I like that stuff. So, anyways, and it's like red. So, because mm -hmm. it's kind of a red sausage, and, and then you have so you the. You don't have to worry about it yeah. being raw. You yeah. just want to get it caramelized. So, you have the potatoes with onions. Like, I do purple, red onion, you know, so it's like red onion and Yukon gold potatoes. And then, like, a bell pepper if I have it. I don't usually have that, though. Um, and then the red that chorizo and then the purple cabbage it makes it really fun it's like hot filling delicious that sounds incredible yeah so well i should go make that except for i don't have any of the ingredients snap i know better we'll luck see. next time but well, i have to go take people to volleyball so thank you all for everyone coming. we'll catch you on the till we meet again fare thee well Bye. New St. Andrews College thanks you for listening.